0: Here are my nine foot homemade oak bar, bucks in the basement, four fans, buy fans, all pirates talk. My name is Chris, his name is Craig. We're sporting our yin's hats, that's yin's with two Z's, three dynasties, one brand, yin's, finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways and order online at shopyin's.com. You can see the link in the show notes for high quality comfort, lightweight materials and a new modern look for the black and gold made for Yins by a yinzer, the proud sponsors of Bucks in the Basement. Craig, what regular guest have we brought back down here to talk to today? Mike Piersack from the PG. He's
2: out in Milwaukee uh, covering the Pirates for uh, this this little road trip by, before they come back home. I just want to talk in, to Mike about some stuff. As, as the season is you know, kind of wrapping up. Mike, how you doing today, brother?
1: I'm doing great, Craig. Thanks for having me, man.
2: Yeah, not a problem, Mike. Always always good to have you back on. Uh, I love it. Chris loves it. The listeners love it, so definitely appreciate it. But uh, yesterday, it gets uh, gets leaked out there that uh, that Jack Sawinski is is kind of on his way back up here. And I just want to talk about that for a second before I, I dive into the, the real tough questions that I, that I had lined up for you today. But like, Jack Sawinski, he's kind of been struggling, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was obviously struggling in the minors, but or I'm sorry, in the majors when he went down. My stance was that, like, because right when he went went back to the minor leagues, he was hitting really well right away, right? And then it started to fall off a little bit, um, and now he's to the point where, where he's getting called up after hitting 214. He struck out 49 times in, in what? It was like, you know. 130 plate appearances or whatever. That's a pretty high mark. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, so so my stance was that, like, I assume they're going to be really cautious with him um, because I think that when he came up to start the season, there was, you know, he, he showed probably more than what they expected him to show at the plate. Um, and so I thought he sort of changed their minds into being, like, a, a higher-rated prospect within the organization than, than what they maybe previously thought. And so all that's to say that when, the, when he went back down and he wasn't immediately brought back up after starting hot, I thought that it was sort of going to be a thing where they were going to be really cautious because they wanted him to be super confident when he came back to the majors. Cause they thought, you know, maybe he could be a real difference maker down the road. Uh, they didn't want to rush anything, all that. Um, but now, uh, yeah, he's not hitting super well at triple a. So I'll be curious to hear exactly what, um, you know, what the reasoning was, like what they saw, uh, that sort of changed their mind and, and made them decide that this is the time. Cause, cause you know, I, I just don't know, just, just pure looking at it. Maybe there's another like injury we don't know about. Maybe they got tired of, um, you know, their current outfield options. I don't know, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and hear about it.
2: Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I don't, you know, disagree with them calling anybody up and, and it's not even that I don't like Jack Swinski. Like I, he's he's actually he's my wife's favorite player because he's he's from Chicago and he's a White Sox fan and she's a White Sox fan. So like it's and and I was at the three home run game even though I missed most of. But I I, I like the guy and I like the way that he plays. But like you said, forty nine strikeout, that works out to you know thirty seven point seven percent K rate, walking less than ten percent of the time. Slugging even with I mean, everybody knows, you know, Jack Swinski still leads I mean, it comes out all the time. He still leads the National League uh rookies and home runs with 14, and he's been down for like a month, or however, you know, and that's all out there. And he did hit six home runs, but his OPS is still only sitting at like 695 and triple A, um, a little bit below average. So, and like you said, two fourteen average, and I I pulled up, you know, just uh, just a comparison' sake. Uh, pulled up, you know, Cal Mitchell's uh, stats since he's been back down, and it hasn't been um, as long. And I know that he was he was struggling at the plate up here as well, but you know, in its smaller sample size, sixty three plate appearances, he's batting you know three fifty two, has three home runs, has only struck out nine times, walked five. I mean. I know his arm <laughs> doesn't play as well in the outfield and Sewinski's more like maybe more athletic to a degree um but I I just really don't get the the Sawinski over Mitchell or you know Diego Castillo's hitting uh everybody's you know pumping the 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 tires of 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 Bay you know something like that and he's a guy that can play you know infield and outfield which is something that you know Charrington Light, he loves that versatility. So, yeah, I just I mean, we we can be a dead horse here cuz I mean, we're both on the same page, but it's just it's just a really weird decision to me if you're going to send him down and I don't know what you sent him down to work on, it it just doesn't seem to be working whatever he was working on.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think that I think this is just sort of a lesson that like Charrington always says like hey uh, not everyone's development is the same development's not linear all of that stuff and and, and it's sort of like these vague ideas and, and it's just kind of hard to guess what any of them mean right because it's like it's like it's clear with several moves over the last you know three years or however the, uh, you know however long they've been around that it's not, you know, they're not looking at batting average or, or the same stats that we are and saying, like, okay, OPS is good, let's send him up. Like, it's the same thing with O'Neill Cruz earlier this year, right? Like, yes, he was getting hotter, um, and so it made sense, but, uh, you know, he had been hot for a couple months then, right? So it, yeah. was, it was kind of the thing where it was like, all right, well, why now as opposed to then? And so you're not exactly sure what they're looking at. A lot of times they explain it as, like, swing decisions, which is something that's... Vague enough that we can't really like, <laughs> question it, it. But but you know like c- compared to a guy like Cal Mitchell, right? Like Cal Mitchell tears up AAA every time he goes down. um You know he he's been he's been great there. So like I think that there's a little bit of a different like they have to figure out a different strategy with Cal Mitchell. Like eventually he's just got to do it at the majors. But I think. Um, you know when he goes off at Triple A, it's like okay, we have seen that before. Like what you know, there has to be something else they're looking for to say that he can he can come back up. Like you know, I, which is just to say that it's different for every player, I think, and it's it, you know, it's it's kind of difficult to guess. And we'll see what sort of information we can get out of Derek Shelton today. I wouldn't guess too much, but um, you know, we'll ask him about it, and, and and I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see.
2: Yeah, and and like I said, it's it's not like I don't think that you know somebody shouldn't be promoted. I. Uh, You know, you have a a player that... Another player that I... I mean, I like all the players. Like a Bly Madras who's batting under, you know, 100. (laughs) Since he's been back up here, I believe. So, I mean... And and he did... uh, uh, We're recording here on Monday. But on Sunday, you know, he did make some good contact again. Uh, They're using him as that, you know, platoon option uh, for Michael Chavis. But now we see, you know, Ben Gamel, who... I I don't know if people remember. Ben Gamel was getting... Uh, reps at first base before you know he ended up getting uh, on the IL. So that was something they were thinking about already, and even Kevin Newman getting you know some reps over there. So it's it's not that there shouldn't be changes. It's just that it's 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 very strange. And then they go out and they pick up uh, what is it, Robert Stevenson from from the Rockies, uh, who's been struggling this year, DFA'd. And there's some guys in AAA, like, you know, Mike Burrows has has made the adjustment and, and done fairly well. And I know his, you know, pitching, uh, he he probably has like an innings limit uh, due to like the injury last year and everything. Because he's also, when he's starting, he's not lasting as long. You know, Cody Bolton, there's these other guys. It's like, so why are we going out for Robert Stevenson and not promoting from within?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I... Uh... I the the bullpen is just like a totally different story to me. Like I think that that's a spot that everywhere will always just be claiming guys and searching for guys, and because you know there's a different level of like success in the bullpen, right? Like like Will Crow has been good in the bullpen, right, for the Pirates. But I think if you picked up Will uh, Will Crow and put him on the Yankees or a competitive team, like he would not be in nearly the same role. He might still be like a fine reliever and they'd use him. Like I'm not saying he wouldn't make those teams, but it wouldn't be the same role, which is just to say that like the, the rubric is a little different out of the bullpen. And I think you can never have enough shots at it. When, when you're in a position like the pirates are, where you're just not winning a ton of games, like, um, you might as well just try to take as many shots at guys, uh, in the bullpen, especially with some of the injuries they've had, uh, you know, all that. Um, just, just because you're you're searching for guys that that might be like you need them to be really special to build like an elite bullpen. You need guys with like sub two ERAs out there, and they don't they don't really have that on their roster at the moment. Um, so so you know, in the bullpen, to me, like it, like the more the merrier. Like I don't really ever mind that. Um, I get what you're saying with guys like you know Cody Bolton and Mike Burrows, and like there are options, but um. You know, I think they really want to be patient with some of those guys who have dealt with injuries who, you know, Mike Burroughs, even if he is figuring it out, I think you want a little bit longer time at AAA before you bring him up just, just because, he, you know, it's, it's still only been, what, 10 starts at the most uh, at that level. So, 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 yeah, I mean, like, I, I sort of get that side of things where it's like, just claim as many, you know, pitchers as you can, because there's, uh, you know, pitching depth is something that I've talked about a ton this year, like. After they traded Quintana, it was like they didn't have a plan immediately afterwards, and that was baffling to me. Um, and so, you know, I can't really complain too much when they go out and pick up more pitchers.
2: <laughs> yeah, and absolutely, and I I think I've even, like, uh, either tweeted or wrote or or talked about at some point in time where it's just, like, all arms on deck. Like, it's just, like, we have to finish out this season. Like, even though, you know, before we're, we're – <laughs> we're, 48 and 79, something like that. It's just, you know, it's, but you still have to finish out the season. So it is all arms on deck. But I I wanted to turn the focus uh, and then get to, uh, because you did write, you know, two really good articles recently about uh, some players in the minor leagues. But when we talked, you know, once baseball was finally back and um, we were discussing like that this is a year where there needed to be some questions answered. And I know there's a little bit of time left in the season, but what questions do you think the Pirates, if any, have answered so far this year?
1: Well, I mean, I think that, I think that there have been a couple, right? Like, it's, it's not on a larger scale, like, as much as you would have wanted and I'll get to that part in a second, but I think the questions that they have answered are like, they did find, you know, the Mitch Keller question has, to me, been answered. He's going he's to be here now a little bit, because uh, he's been, you know, really good after after developing that sinker, for the most part. Um, you know, the Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds stuff, like, we already had that, and I know Key Brian hasn't, hasn't performed to the level that everyone necessarily wanted him to get to, but... Um, you know he's still a damn good third baseman, and he's still going to be around. And then I, you know, I think O'Neill Cruz came up and has shown enough. I, I don't, I don't really want to talk about the whole batting average and all that. I get enough angry emails about. <laughs> <laughs> last me a lifetime, um, but but you know he's a guy that that he's going to to be part of this lineup for the future, right? And so that was always something that was going to be answered. But you know, on a larger scale, like the part that's still. I, like concerning i guess to me is just is, is just this crop of prospects here right and you know you can go through all of the names like the guys we were talking about earlier the Cal Mitchell Travis Wright juan Bedi Jackson Winski uh uh you know Rodolfo Castro even Diego Castillo uh, that whole crop of guys you wanted guys to really step up and establish themselves um, because there's a whole another crop coming from from double a that we that we could talk about right with with you know legit top 5 prospect guys that will be coming up and probably making their debuts next year. Um, And so, you know, you wanted guys to sort of step up and and you just didn't quite get anybody to like really grab a position by the horns and say this is, you know, this is mine. I'm your corner outfielder for the next five years or anything like that, which is fine. Like it's not like, you know, it's not like the Pirates rebuild is dead because no one did that. But it is to say that it's a little disappointing that there's still a lot of questions surrounding those guys when you're going to have – even more questions with the next crop of guys coming up. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that that's just to say that it's going to be a weird off season where they're going to have to be making a bunch of 40 man decisions. Like, um, and and then heading into like out of spring training next year, it's going to be a, an even younger group of dudes um, less room for, for even the, the, you know, even the guys like Ben Gamble, right. Who's been just a reliable producer, like, you know, even even if it hasn't like changed a lot about the lineup, there's not even going to be room for a guy like that because they're going to have to fill these positions with young guys to just get some answers and figure out what they have of these guys.
0: If you want to check out a Pirates game, just have a good time on a beautiful outdoor patio. They also have a very nice facility. Indoor as well, Patrick's Pub and Grill. With Good Times Karaoke every Wednesday, 9 to midnight. Open mic every other Tuesday at 6 p.m. on that patio. It's wing day on Sunday with a special. And there is a special for a different type of beer or beverage each and every day. Check out their menu at patrickspub.org and visit them at 1207 Spring Run Road Extension. And the Pirates have a lot of guys they got to get answers on. Right, Craig?
2: Yeah, there's just like, it's there's still like this crop of prospects and it's like, okay, we probably still have to bring in, I mean, they'll always bring in an arm. They'll always bring in a bat, but it's just to what degree and is it going to be, you know, much of the same? Like, you know, bringing in a a Daniel Vogelback, and a you know Jose Quintana, or is it going to be, you know, bringing somebody in for longer? And and they could have had Daniel Vogel back for longer. They had him for next year, so it, that it, it could be that type of signing again.
1: Yeah, I, I think like that spot, like the first base slash DH spot, is is the one where, you know, I, I think Michael Chavis is doing a pretty good job over there. Um, but he's a platoon guy, right? Like, and and I think like he could still be that um but i think a, a big lefty bat is is sort of a must um in in the off season I, you know that would be the spot where, where i so I, I you know i guess that's to say that i kind of see it being the same sort of equation going into next year where um you know mason mart mason martin i think everyone had higher hopes for him and he's obviously really struggled at triple a not to you know put too much on his shoulders or anything like that but um but you know i i think that that spot that that first baseball was always one where people were, like, kind of worried. Not worried, but, like, th- there wasn't an obvious, like, minor league answer if it wasn't Mason Martin. Um, and so, you know, it might be the same thing where they bring in a guy like that uh, and then bring in a starting pitcher because they're still going to need starting pitching help at least to start next season. Yeah. And then you kind of roll it forward and hope that some of these prospects develop, but I, I, I also know that that's not going to be a, a super satisfying, like, strategy to a lot of fans who who want this to turn around in some tangible way more quickly than what we've seen um so yeah i mean you know i don't know it's just kind of it's just kind of a a little bit of a mess right now not you know not in that like the rebuild's totally off track or anything like that it's just a lot of names and a lot of questions and, and not really not really knowing exactly like who has established themselves beyond like you know four or five guys like that's that's sort of frustrating like you know if you're even building out the rotation next year right like you, you would probably say that Baker has has earned a spot around and, and Keller and then obviously Ronzi Contreras will be there and then will Mike Burrows be ready at the beginning of the season I don't I don't know like yeah. based on past precedent like I would guess that they kind of treat him like they treated Ronzi Contreras this year um, and so then if you have to fill out the next two spots it's like maybe Bryce Wilson, like maybe another veteran, like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's a lot of sort of question marks there. Um but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just such a weird, it's a weird build right now. Like, you know, it, it, we've talked a ton about like the filler on this roster and, and, you know, some of that's been brought up by opposing broadcasters in recent yeah. weeks, but it's, it's just sort of a lot of like a lot of question marks and a lot of guys where you're like, I don't know if I see this guy being a part of a competitive team but at the same time, you kind of got to give guys a chance until there's a more obvious solution. Like it's just going to be a weird sort of like in between period. I think the next off season and into spring training next year.
2: Yeah, and and that kind of I I'm glad that you brought up the first base and, and DH position. Uh just because I mean you got a chance to go down to uh, it was Altuna and I should say probably across to Altoona. I always say you go down there, but go across to Altoona and 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 talk and, and, and watch and see a, a, like a Malcolm Nunez, um, you know, getting him from the Cardinals. He's, you know, was a third baseman, plays a lot of first base now. And people were questioning whether the power was real and, and whether it wasn't because of the stadium he played at. Well, I think he's kind of answered that the power is real.
1: Yeah, I mean, when he hits it, he hits it hard, man. Um, yeah, I, I you know, I don't know. Like, he's going to have to hit for – He's gonna to have to keep the average around the same spot right like you know i don't think he's a, you would rather your d h well i don't know i mean i guess of all positions the d h can be a guy who hits home runs or hits nothing else but um but but you know like to me the power is is not really a question like if you if you meet him like he's a big dude like he's 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 uh, you know not super tall but he is jacked up um and he swings hard. Uh, And that was kind of the basis of the article was he was telling me that that from a young age his like first ever hitting coach when he was really young, basically told him like swing hard and eventually your body's going to catch up to you, like get in the gym too, like all that. And and then eventually your body will be able to support a really hard swing. So this has always been what he does. Right. Yeah. Um, And and the results finally showed up this year where he became sort of a real prospect. Um, And, and, you know, like that's a guy that they, like they, to to the pirates credit they probably saw the same thing everyone else saw right where it was like okay mason martin's really struggling at triple a and beyond him who would be the next first baseman unless it's like a, a henry davis position move or something like it's like you don't really have that classic profile of a first baseman who can really hit the ball out of the yard which is sort of what you need like in this lineup like you need more power um and and so, you know, to their credit, they went and got a guy who could potentially turn into that. Um but I think he's a little ways off too. Like he's super young for his for his uh you know, for for being at double A. He's, he's the same age as, as Leober Pigero. He's twenty only twenty one, so there's still some time for development there and maybe they can unlock some things and, and make him into a you know, a really exciting prospect. But um, he's kind of next up, and and beyond that, I think there's some there's some space there to go get a different first baseman, uh, you know, as a free agent, free agent or whatever.
2: Yeah, and and like you said, he's he's got that violent swing, and like you said, he is young. Like he's he's a, he's going to be you know 22 when the season starts next year. It's not like he's almost 22 here. You know, it's he's he's a young dude. So and um and 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 another fairly young guy that you got to catch up with a little bit was uh it was Andy Rodriguez who is pretty much setting Pirates prospect Twitter on fire.
1: <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he just went straight to, like, you kind of assume that there's going to be an adjustments period, especially that jump in the minors, um, in the Pirates system. Like, Greensboro is obviously a super hitter-friendly park, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and we see it all the time where a guy gets called up from there, double A. We saw it with, like, Matt Fraser last year, right, where he was still hitting for average last year when he went up to Altoona. And, and you know, obviously he struggled a little bit more this year, but, um, but he was not hitting for the same amount of power and he came up and, and he just has not missed a beat. Like he's been outstanding still at double a, uh, you know, it, it, he's, he's just been, he's just catapulted himself into like a different conversation, which is funny. Cause even the start of the year, it's not like he was ever struggling this year. But you know the power wasn't there, and then he just went on an absurd stretch of games where he was just hitting the ball out of the yard every other day. It seemed like in Greensboro, and now he already has five homers in 15 games up in Altoona, like with an 11.94 OPS. Like you know, small sample size, and he'll for sure struggle at some point. Like it's not always going to be this good, um, but but man, oh man, like he's really changed the conversation around himself, and and I think you know more power to him. Like that that's that could be a huge. Huge thing for the Pirates, like, they they almost have, like, an embarrassment of riches at, like, potential catching prospects at this point. Like, they got three guys that you could say are, are real prospects on in Altoona at this point.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's, it is it's absolutely crazy. And I know that people are like, well, you know, he's been playing some second base, he plays a little bit of left field. And because we don't get to see many Greensboro games, you didn't actually get to see him, like, we didn't get to see him, like, catch a game, we didn't get to see like the arm that they talked about and different stuff like that. And, and you're talking about like five home runs. I'm pretty sure he's already thrown out like five, you know, base stealers in like the first like 11 games that he's caught up there. I mean, he's, he's just a legit prospect and he could be a second base prospect, probably could be an outfield prospect, definitely a catching prospect, but it's going to be the bat that plays.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, uh, and you know, I think a lot of that, like what position he plays, is sort of contingent on what Henry Davis ends up. You know, he's got to stay healthy, obviously, first and foremost. Um, but you know, if 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 they love Davis's like skill set at catcher, then then Rodriguez is probably going to move around more. But even if you know, if you get that power that he's shown from a second baseman, like <laughs> that changes your lineup right there. Like, uh, you know, and, and then obviously you'd have to figure out what to do with like Nick Gonzalez or whatever. Um, but the outfield's always a safe spot. Uh, you know he's played some first base even this year, um, so you know we'll we'll see exactly what it what it ends up being. But um, you know, like you said earlier, the bat is what's going to carry him, and, and so far it's it's done that all the way up to Altun at least.
2: Yeah, man, it's it's just been like I I don't know. He's he's just fun to watch, and he just seems like uh, when I talk to people uh, about him, you know, even last year, like with Spencer Smith, the broadcaster you could just see like the also like just the how much all the guys on the team like him. He's always at the top of the steps, even if he's, you know, not even playing that day. He's, you know, just talking to everybody. He's he's just a good leader as well. And I just I don't know. I I I don't like to get too excited about prospects, but Andy makes it pretty easy to get excited. <laughs>
1: Yeah and 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 you know the basis of the article that that you mentioned earlier was actually not really much about his play but he he made a point to do the interview in English at least whenever possible there were some questions where you wanted to do it in Spanish and and I wrote in the article like that's not a requirement right like like I, you know at least uh, nobody i know at least gets gets upset when a when a spanish speaking player or someone from central america or whatever um th- like doesn't want to do interviews in English, like, like even for example, like Ruanze Contreras speaks pretty good English, um, but it doesn't feel comfortable doing interviews in English. That's totally fine. Like nobody minds. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I think like Andy Rodriguez was, was explaining that to him, like learning as much English as possible now, uh, will help him like as he goes along, like he thinks that, that being able to communicate with his teammates in, in whatever language, like, as fluently as possible, it can only be a good thing, and so he's putting in a lot of effort to do that. Um, and sort of explained like, you know, why that's important to him, uh, how that's helped him already, like that sort of stuff. Like, um, and, and you know, like I think that's an example of what you're talking about. Like, because his reasoning was basically like, you know, if I can speak English on the mound, like in a mound visit to a pitcher or like game planning or whatever, like maybe that helps him feel that extra bit comfortable, right? Um, and, and so you know, like. Uh, that that's something that you know he's he's working to try to help his teammates right and and again it's not a it's not a requirement I don't think his teammates would mind if he didn't um, but it is something that shows them like hey this guy you know he wants what's best for me too he's he's a good clubhouse guy like you said um, he was saying that he's already fit in really well in, in Altoona. there's a ton of Spanish speaking guys there too so um, so yeah I mean I, I I think you know I'm not qualified to to say that. I know Andy Rodriguez intimately or anything like that, but first impression, like that was the first time I talked to him in person. Like he made a strong impression as just like a a, a good dude, and um, you know, like you said, teammates seem to like him a lot, and, and obviously he's performing on the field, so you know he's he's building a nice little, uh, I guess, resume for himself at
2: this point. Yeah, and I mean once uh once Henry Davis um hopefully you know makes his way back up to Altoona. Uh, it's just another guy there that you know. I b- believe it was like before the season started. He said he was starting to take some like Spanish courses or something to to be able to learn that. And and that's like that's who you want as like your catchers. And and if it's if it's both of them at some point in time, or if it's one at catcher and and one at second base or first base, like that's the type of dudes that you like you want on your team. But Mike, you know what, man? This 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 always goes by way too quickly uh, when we talk. Uh, and uh, enjoy yourself in Milwaukee, man. And I uh, can't wait to have you back on here again. Uh, people, go follow Mike D. Piersack on Twitter. Read his articles over at the PG, all the stuff they have going on over there. Mike, thanks, brother. Can't wait to do this again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, man. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say.